Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad, and you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2015 and beyond. I am Zach. With me, as always, is James and Brad. Right on. We've got a whole we've got a whole room full of people here. No, not really. We're we're it's just, just us. It's, it's just, just a us quiet little. It's the core group. Yeah, yeah. 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 Quiet little David yeah, you know, Finchian. Um, I, I I wasn't here last week, and I listened to the episode, and uh, you know how we always say unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con. We didn't last week. I think we forgot because you took mine over because well, you in general. Oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah. We usually try to, um, but after hearing Steve, I think maybe we should change it up and start considering maybe dropping the unofficially and saying officially the official podcast of the Denver Alamo Draft House. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Instead, like, it seems yeah. like they. Get us um, on board. Get an official sponsorship. Get a big old logo and whatnot. Start Just making real some nerds fucking money. The Alamo, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, that would be cool. It was really cool having him, him on. He was really I know, fun. I'm sorry I missed it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'll I'm, explain I'm, why I'm later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you watch this week? <laughs> uh, I forgot uh, to write it down. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Uh, yeah. so, so before... Brad, uh, Zach, what do we do here? We see a movie each week and we talk about our experience with that movie, what we thought of it. Did we hate it? Did we hate its guts? Or did we love the shit out of it? This week we saw You Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone, Girl, starring Batfleck and the girl <laughs> from The World's End. Did we like Fincher's latest opus? Stay tuned for the later end of the show. Um, we also review DVDs, uh, talk about what we've been watching, spoil, unspool some real news, and we talk about comic books. Do we have a comic book this week? Probably, once we get there. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find one eventually. We always seem to find one lying around in a long box somewhere. Um, mm, but before done. all that, i got to tell you, I had my favorite slash worst experience at a movie theater of all time. So I went to – it does delve into what we watched, but I'm not going to talk about the movie. I went to go see well, Tusk again. Oh, well, that's why you had the worst time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shut up. Um, I went to go see the movie again, and on my way out, I was robbed at knife point. No fucking way. Yeah. I was robbed at Knife Point. Uh, they right, got, theater. right outside of the theater. Outside of the theater. Yeah, right outside near well, the parking lot of Colorado Center by, by a man in a in a hoodie. And at first he just wanted money for the bus, and I was just going to give him a dollar, and I shouldn't have pulled out my wallet. That was a stupid move. But he's like, you sure you don't have anything else? And I look down, there's a knife Fuck. just standing there, and I'm just like, <laughs> there you go. Like I was like, I just saw a movie about a human walrus, so clearly I'm not spending my money in the right places anyway. <laughs> Holy shit, that's fucked up. Yeah, it was it was strange. I called my dad right afterward and I'm like, I just been I've just been mugged and he's just like, Well let me tell you, I've been mugged twice. Holy <laughs> shit. So immediately it was my father going like, you know what? 
fuck you, you're a pussy. <laughs> wow. But it was, he was good about it, and he's just like, are you okay? Are you settling down? Are you, yeah. Are you freaking out? Are you having a? Do you need a Xanax and some shit? And so, is, but, your dad, um, is your dad peddling Xanax? <laughs> is that only to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> And Brad. Holy shit. So, the moral of this lesson is don't go see Tusk. <laughs> no. Um, the moral of this story is go see Tusk and be brave. And then, who knows, you could have a Batman origin story. You don't know. Oh, Get a credit card. <laughs> oh, yeah, or only use credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, you know what's funny? The the best thing about that situation was that I did leave my wallet at home that day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it really was just whatever you had in your pocket. Yep. Oh, that's good. Well, it was just like, it, it was like I had my wallet, but I didn't have my... Uh, ID or my credit card. Yeah. So I was using it to get some stuff online, and I just left it up by the by the computer. So all I had in my wallet was my eight dollars and um, a couple of like punch cards from uh, from a couple sandwich shops. So I'm like, I'm and the you ticket stub. Lost your free sandwiches. I you? did. I lost my free sandwiches, and I lost bitch. my ticket stub to Tusk. So I'm just really hoping that the robber just took my money, went back in, and went to go see Tusk. <laughs> all right. So listeners, if you're out there, uh, send in whatever. You didn't want your phone either. Like, huh? <laughs> you didn't uh, want my phone? No. Hmm. That, well, I mean, look at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> this is the phone I have now. It's a Verizon like. It's kind of like the phone that Ben Affleck uses in Gone Girl, where it's just like it's not it's not anything to really steal or anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but uh, well, that's because he's that's because he's using that burner. I just didn't like that it was out in front of a bus stop. Like it was just like there should yeah, be pe- there. It was just like, and he was concealing the knife. He was like holding it like this, and I'm just like, well, what am I gonna do? Scream out loud? Like I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. And I called I called the cops afterwards, and like you know filled out a report and everything. So hopefully they're Denver's on the lookout for the guy who took my ticket stub and my eight dollars. <laughs> I really hope that they catch this thieving criminal. Well, it should be pretty <laughs> easy well, based, based on yeah. Based on well, I, I don't sales. want him to do it to anybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And based on ticket That's... sales, he's the only person in Denver who has a ticket stub to see Tusk. So <laughs> it should be pretty easy to find him. Yeah. So there's a good chance that well, there's me and that guy. So it could yeah, be like exactly. a Gone Girl mystery, like we had today, where it's just like I did not kill that hobo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll they'll just run into him and be like, wait a second, you got a ticket to Husk? Are you from the real nerds? No, what no. are the real nerds? You're this under arrest. Right <laughs> they just arrest you instead. Yeah. <laughs> I think the real crime here is <laughs> yeah, yeah. perpetrated by this I gentleman. mean, they would also arrest him if he admitted, admitted to being on the real nerds, but still. Yeah. Your Honor, um, is it true that my client here robbed this young man of $8? Yes. But did this young man also spend another eight dollars to see a walrus picture? <laughs> Case fucking closed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have man. to side with the uh, plaintiff on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I guess he'd be the defendant if he was. Yeah, he'd, be, I, yeah, he'd be the defendant. Then. I'd be the plaintiff. And like my only excuse would be dun, like dun, you know dun, like dun, uh, dun. I wanted to see Michael Parks act really good five times in a row. Dun 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 dun. So, but, uh, dun, dun. <laughs> I feel like well, in that case, Zach, we'll reduce your sentence to only twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And then I just go like twenty years in creative prison. Judge, I'll, <laughs> judge, I'll blow you five years. <laughs> so now we can uh, start into the show. Um, why don't we unspool some real news? Okay. <laughs> it's real news. Uh. Not a lot of stuff this week, but some weird things and potentially some pretty big things. September's um, a dry month for news. So maybe the... Uh, dude, September's a dry month for movies. Uh, but it's over now. It's October. So Drier than my girlfriend. Whoa. Uh, whoa. <laughs> that got weird. Yeah. Um, so 
couple of little things. Uh, one, Netflix is making movies, which isn't really a surprise, but you know they've been making their own TV shows for a while, and it's actually been very. They've been really successful with it. Um, the what Orange is the New Black, which I've never seen, but I like. I hear about as much as I used to hear about Breaking Bad, almost. Um, or certainly by its what second or third season. Yeah, um, there's House of Cards and Arrested. And House of Cards, which was awesome. Yeah, uh, Arrested Development. So they've done a really good job of that. Um, they are taking sort of the same. Of course, technically, I think the first one was Lilyhammer, but they're taking a very similar tactic with uh, with movies, though, where the first thing they're going to do is a sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, which we don't know a whole lot about yet, but um, I know that I know. Regal and uh, Century Theaters or Cinemark Theaters are refusing to show it in their IMAX screens. Because oh yeah, of it. so yeah, so they like Netflix's Net- Netflix would like to release them in theaters as well, like in a day and date release schedule, so you could see it in theaters or you could see it on Netflix on the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows whether that's going to work or not? It doesn't sound like a terribly they, they tried it enticing with movie with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's they tried true. it back. They tried it back two years ago, and it didn't work because no yeah. theater would accept it. Maybe nowadays it's going to be an easier market for them to do something like that. I don't think the, the theaters are going to fight this tooth and nail, but um, as they should. Like it, uh, that is, I mean, I, it is their. I'm I'm all for progression in technology, but the theater is the theater. To me, it's a traditionalist kind of like, yeah, like sacred place. It. Sometimes, it, it doesn't make, sometimes, yeah, <laughs> not like nowadays. They, like the theater we went to to see our movie tonight. Not the best example of what a movie yeah. house can be. Um, it is. It's a changing uh, uh, environment. That's for sure. Because like, I I do think that the theater offers a a service that Netflix can't. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know what Netflix is doing is kind of undermining what the theaters have been trying to do for forever and undermining their ability to like be successful. So um, I totally understand they're wanting to not really support this, but st- I think it's just an interesting choice, like uh, how that came about and how those conversations with the Weinstein company must have been to be like, hey, we want to make a sequel to this movie that was a big deal like 15 years ago. Um, Harvey Weinstein's just like throw some money at it. <laughs> right, right. Like, <laughs> um, it it's gonna be interesting. I don't know. Like I've never been a huge Crouching Tiger fan. Are you either? You guys like? I saw the movie in the theater. That was all I remember. But I was like really young. Yeah, I haven't seen it since then. Yeah, um, I remember watching it like when I was younger. Like watching it when I was sort of trying to educate myself about movies that I had missed. Um, within the past, you know, within a few years of when it had released and I'm not being terribly thrilled with it. Like I, you know, I, I saw hero in theaters and didn't like it very much, but, um, just to, you know, uh, stereotypically b- bundle all of those Chinese films into one thing that I don't like very much. Um, but it's, it's an interesting choice and it'll be kind of cool to see where they go. They also signed a deal with, uh, Adam Sandler to make a bunch of his movies as well. Um, hopefully they're all not comedies, mm. um, but it's a deal with him. So it's all going to be under like, well, I would, I would assume it's all going to be under happy Madison productions. Like that's oh, who they signed yes, the deal with. Oh yes, it better so. be. Yes. Um, so it's not going to be like Spanglish 2 or. I would totally of, see Spanglish 2. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, that's, that's the movie I want is Spanglish 2. Um, I kind of want funny people too, but they'll never make uh, that. Yeah. Funny people, his best comedy. I, I. I can kind of agree in some ways. Um, cool. Uh, we, 
I'll just, I'm going to talk about this. Fuck you guys. Uh, Carlton Cuse was in the news this week in an interview, and somebody brought up Lost with him, and he basically said that he, think that he thinks that that show's return is inevitable. Um, which, oh. <laughs> so, all right, there needs to be some context here, because what he's saying isn't that he or anybody else related to that show is going to come back and write more of that show. What he's saying is that that the that name and that franchise has some weight and that telling another lost story or another creating another show with the lost name would probably be a good idea and that somebody not him or Damon Lindelof somebody out there might be interested in writing a pretty cool story that that is along the same lines and deals with some of the same issues which I kind of agree with that's not a bad idea it's actually if if it was going to be them going like I love the headline in here. It says we have to go back. Yeah, it's yeah. from that episode of the show. So I was just like, I wanted. At first, I was thinking in my head, it's just Matthew Fox going, "We have to go back again." Right. <laughs> but now that you're presenting it that way, I could, I would totally watch it. I was not a fan of the first run of Lost. Um, I thought the show lagged, but I mean, like, definitely good writing, definitely solid writing. Like, I'm not a. I think you and I were talking about it in the car. I'm not a big Damon Lindelof fan, but I yeah. I, I, I can respect the You're fact that idiot. he's a great writer. I'm just not a fan of his writing per se. Yeah, um, I think it would be cool. I think you could easily, I, I, you know, I I love Lost. I think that you could easily do this. You just you gotta call it Lost, put a subtitle after it, and then tell like Star a story. Trek Voyager or yeah, exactly, Battle and then Star tell Galactica. a Chrome and blood, what, what was supposed to be blood right. and chrome. Yeah. Um, and then then tell a story that has absolutely fucked nothing to do with the original show. Uh, and in fact, break that. You, like, you'd have to do it Prometheus style where, like, sure, maybe some things are similar. But at some point, you drop a few hints that say, this is absolutely not what you think it is. And this is absolutely not related to the movies you've seen um, or the show you've seen before. Because you wouldn't want... Like those, the fans of that show and the people who would be excited about a ret- the the return of that show, they take they take the details of that universe very seriously, and those those stories, those characters, and those details are precious to them. You know, there are very few shows where people create whole Wikipedias and obsess for years over the tiniest little things in that show, and they could because that show was written in a way where those details even if they didn't end up mattering because they weren't really important to the plot of the show, those details were well thought out and there uh, intentionally so that it was, it was fairly rare that like two things clashed, you know, that, that things didn't make sense and there wasn't a reason why things were there. Uh, even if you'd ever found out why the four-toed statue was there, it was it was interesting and people liked talking about it. So if you if you made another show and you put the four-toed statue in there and tried to tell a story about the four-toed statue and where it came from, you are betraying the fans of that show and you will turn them off, and then they will turn you off. Um, <laughs> so I'm just saying, I, you're that I Brad. They're going to turn me off. <laughs> I think it's a really cool idea. I just. They had better be really careful. I just Whoever want, takes that up it had better do it very intelligently. I want the the film in a very elaborate teaser for the for Comic Con, and then when they reveal the pile of the show, it's just Brad watching the first season of Lost. <laughs> I oh, just going like I can't understand. That wouldn't this. happen. <laughs> I don't understand this. Why I keep watching the second season is him going into the second season and just goes for six seasons. Yeah. <laughs> His uh, reaction to each episode. Um. Anyway. And then the very last thing that I have here is that WB wants to reboot uh, I Am Legend. 
which I have no problem with. Which who wants to do it? W uh, Warner Brothers. Warner oh, Brothers still Brothers. owns the uh, the, the I w- 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 yeah. I, I liked that movie in theaters. I would have loved it if it didn't have CG monsters in it. I would have loved like, it the if CG... they followed the original ending. I don't give a shit. Like I actually liked the story that they told. The problem was that the CG monsters in that movie were not good enough. They, you know, like if you if they had used practical monsters with CG, like oh, uh, stuff to it, ass. that would have been so yeah. cool. Because there are. Uh, moments and sequences in that movie that are genuinely terrifying and really creepy and well thought out. All the um, stuff where Will Smith's alone is amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The first half of that movie is like a tour de force. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, and I understand the people who don't like that ending. I, I don't know. It's it's not why I was there. and But it is... I really do like that ending. Like, I like that butterfly effect and that, that whole thing. Um to, but, I mean, but, but that I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for some whole, of that shit. But the whole, I mean, I don't know. Like to me, the whole point of um, Matheson's story back then was like that. It was the point was that humans became legend after he died. Yeah, it became like a myth. So I wanted to see that. Now they were never going to do that ending because yeah. it's Hollywood. But right. to if they did do it, that yeah. would have been cool. Like Will Smith being a really dark kind of movie like that. Like I'd be like, right on, man. Bravo, Will Smith. <laughs> uh, don't say dark. That's racist. <laughs> Whoa. Um. Anyway, uh, I think that's it. Unless there's something that I missed that you guys know about. No? No? Okay, that's news. Cool. Let's move into some DVD releases and Blu-rays. <gasps> DVD releases and Blu-rays. DVD releases sorry, and Blu-rays. Sorry, we, we already have that thing. I'm sorry. We'll play it now. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, Way to take the job of the person that I know, recorded I those know. lovely intros. I just do really like that. A live, die, repeat comes out this week uh, i mean sorry sorry edge of tomorrow comes out this week what was edge of tomorrow james i don't i actually don't know i didn't get a chance to see it. i'm i'm really excited for this to come out because this is one of those that uh brad and ryan you guys really liked it right um yeah it's worth a watch yeah yeah um and i was disappointed to meet it. it it is such a shame that they fucked up the title of that movie so bad um, yeah, they didn't go back to the original one. They just gave it a completely new one. I yeah, know. Live, die, repeat. Well, it's not the title. It's that they took the tagline and made the tagline so big on the po- on the cover of the the Blu-ray that you don't e- you have to search for the title of the movie. It's after here, way at the bottom. Cruise Blunt Edge of Tomorrow. Like that's the only place the title's on the Blu-ray. It's ridiculous. And then, um, and then the listing, the Amazon listing says Live, Die, Repeat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Edge of Tomorrow. So they yeah. completely. Right, it's just, uh, it's they so should have just called it "All You Need Is Kill." That's the that's right. the book it's based on, right? Which was a like a weird title, but it was at least enticing. Like "Edge of Tomorrow" it's like sounds a like the Beatles, which is dumb. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like hey, all you need is love, but right. let's take out love and put kill. kill. No, I agree. I <laughs> I'm agree. A fan of the Beatles, but it's, I guess. it at least it at least pops a little bit more than "Edge of" like "Edge of Tomorrow" sounds like a really bland like. Sounds like the November pulp, Man. Pulp sci-fi novel from like a not 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 a good classic era of pulp sci-fi novels, like a weird, you know, trashy, cheap era written by some guy that like wrote a thousand books and none of them were good. Like that's the ti- that title comes from that. You know, like, oh, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow sounds like a really bad spin-off from a Halo game. Like that would yeah. be their subtitle. Like it's just not. Ugh. I don't um, see what adding live die repeat really. Oh no, does. that's it, not it that's make, not good either. It confuses people who did see the movie. Be like, 
Oh, did I not see this? Yeah, this looks like like that Edge of Tomorrow I saw, but it just doesn't. That's not the title. I really, I really like that movie. When can I get Edge of Tomorrow on Blu-ray? Oh, you can't, yeah. but you can get Live Die Repeat. Yeah. What? Okay. No, it's the same thing. You don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods. I don't know what that is, but it's the number three thing this week. Viking season two, which damn, I missed. I'm. I gotta check this out because I really like the first season of Vikings. So. Um, a Million Ways to Die in the West, which I feel like got released a billion years ago. Yeah, that was that, a little like, while ago. Yeah, like that. Why did, has that movie not been out for? What did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was funny once, <laughs> which means I probably won't buy the Blu-ray. But it was it was really enjoyable in the theaters. But in a, in a I don't need to see those jokes again kind of way. Yeah, I um, I like the movie, but I don't know if I could watch. It. it would have to be a while before I watch it again. Yeah, it's not like Ted where I could watch it again. Exactly. Yeah, um, but still good. If you didn't check it out in theaters, I think it's definitely worth at, at the very shot. least a rent. Like, yeah, uh, American history, American Horror Story. Sorry, American Horror Story season three, which was a good season, maybe my favorite season so far until the Freak Show comes this season. I don't know. I don't know. All Some the of the freaks, CG yes. stuff in the C- in oh. Freak Show is gonna disappoint me if oh. if there really are like three-breasted women and two-headed people like that's not i want like you know bearded ladies and like you know you want the traditional todd browning freaks yeah like i don't want i don't want do them that to, ever again <laughs> i don't want them to cross over into like being i, I don't want to say too crazy because they they do they, that show is about being crazy but like if there's too much CG, I'm not going to buy it as well. But that's the only way that you can do, to me, that's the only way you could do a modern-day freak show. like that. But, I mean, you know what's funny? There was a movie that was made, like, God, like, would have been, like, eight years ago called Freak, freak Show. And it was just, yeah. like, it was, like, a spiritual remake of Freaks. Mm. And it was, like, it was the most, like, you could not do that movie and release it wide. Like, the thing is, is, like, because of the fact that it is... Largely offensive because it's a freak show is kind of exploitative in in ways to some people. There are other people on the other side of the coin who say like it's just a way of making a living. But regardless of how you feel about it, it's something that Hollywood will never put out. Yeah. So the fact that they're even trying to do it on television yeah. is really interesting to me. I'm they sure tried it with Carnival on HBO like back in 2003. Yeah, but this won't be like that. Like yeah. this will be this will be their weird, you know. Over like the story is over the top, and hopefully aliens will show up again or something like that. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I I really enjoy American Horror Story, but but not for the reasons I like. Like, I remember watching the pilot and and thinking, man, this is actually a genuinely well made horror show. Like, like that opening sequence to the first pilot is absolutely terrifying and really well done, really well directed, and the show is a like way over the top campy not always well written way up its own ass like it's at times like watching a train wreck through the writer's room like with how messy that show is and yet they just they they just keep popping up like really weird stuff uh that makes you kind of keep wanting to watch it but um anyway uh rick and morty season one comes out this week uh adventure time season four both great shows there is an adrian brody movie called houdini I assume about Houdini that I've never heard about. So maybe you check that out. Uh, I, well, this must be a re-release because the Kingdom of Heaven director's cut has been out for a while. But uh, season two of The Following, which I swear got got uh, canceled, but I guess it didn't. Uh, Sharknado 2, the second one, <laughs> comes out on Blu-ray this week. So if you missed that, Damn you, I, I don't think you missed much. Um, Bates Motel season two, 
which I also missed this year. I don't know what the fuck I was I've doing. I've seen and... all but the last three episodes. <sighs> it's that really too good? good. Okay. So I got to go back and we'll But you saw the end of, of the first season, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I loved the first season. <laughs> first ready. season's been great. Get ready. Uh, <laughs> good. Uh, oh, shoot. What am I missing? Okay. I got to figure out how to read this because this cover is just fucking amazing. Uh, necromantic. Necromantic. Is, is this, this a, a shout, shout factory? factory? Jinx. You owe, you owe me, a, me Coke. a Coke. Jinx again. Um, shoot, it's not saying. It doesn't look like it. I mean, it looks beautiful. And this cover. So this, the cover is a like de- decrepit. De- de- uh, you know, what do you call it? Like falling apart, getting eaten by bugs at this point dead body like not a zombie but like decomposing decomposing sorry thank you the decomposing corpse um <laughs> n- nestled up against the naked breasts of a very attractive woman um it is a painting that's a woman yeah that's a woman <laughs> that is a, see her breasts ah. that, that the that the decrepit body is is cupping cupping yeah and then its eye is falling out into her cleavage. Dead bodies have this all the fucking romance. This is a ridiculous cover. Oh, it's got a quote from John Waters on it, so that'll give you some idea of what we're watching. I was going to say, groundbreakingly gruesome. The first erotic film for necrophiles. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is a movie where attractive naked women actually have sex with dead bodies. Mm. Brian probably got it, so it's, he'll probably talk about it yeah, next week. Yeah, he'll talk about it next week. He probably, guess, he probably, guess what I watched? Yeah. He probably watched it with his new infant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Little Kellen loved it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and there was something else that I'm missing. Mulholland Falls is getting a Blu-ray release this week, so all of you Mulholland Falls fans, Falls fans, can go watch that movie. Oh, from Dust Till Dawn. Interesting. From Dust Till Dawn, the Blu-ray, and Roger and Me, great, and the faculty. Uh, yep. There's a lot of Blu-rays coming out. So, and Short Circuit, getting a <laughs> getting a Blu-ray. <laughs> You know what doesn't hold up? That. You know what doesn't hold up? Short Circuit. <laughs> I hate to admit it. Loved you know, it as a kid. You know who knows that? Pretty much everybody. <sighs> I didn't until one drunken evening <laughs> in college with some friends when I told them, what do you mean you've never seen Short Circuit? We should watch Short Circuit <laughs> right now. <laughs> so like we the did. the worst words to hear right before you've been roofied. <laughs> Have you ever seen Short Circuit? Blackout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should watch Short Circuit too. <laughs> it, it was not. What? <laughs> they were not convinced. No. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not a fun movie to me. But whatever. All right. Um, is that it for DVDs? Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? <laughs> yeah. That's it for DVDs. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to some box office numbers. Cool. This is the box office stats. Let me guess. Tusk did nothing again. Uh, well, let's see. Is it at the top? Nope. Nope. No, the, e- no. the equalizer's at the top with $34 million. Oh, the new Denzel Washington picture. Uh-huh. Um, the movie we saw came in at number three, The Box Trolls. That came in at $17.2 million, just barely getting beaten out by The Maze Runner, like $200,000. Now, $200,000. $200,000. Did Tusk make $200,000? You're going way too far down. I already saw it up near the front. Oh, did I? Yeah. Did you? you're, you're, just okay. trying to, you're just trying to upset me at this no, point. No, I just didn't see it. Where was we it? Gotta it? it? We got to track it. We got to track it. Oh, there it was. There you did go. Did it make 200? It did. 200. $292,000. 
down 65% from the week before. Okay, so it's in still at number 21. Money. Number 21. Well, so well, explain why it was gone from the theater when we went to go see Gone Girl yeah. tonight. But apparently it did well enough. I mean, it that only cost a couple of million. Dollars, that was that was should have been a part of real news. We're getting Clerks 3 because of Tusk. Yeah, well, I sort of saved it for this. Okay, well, there Actually, we go. I just ignored it, but <laughs> you just wanted to piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, because of the financing or the whatever the financial situation is with Tusk and Yoga Hosers, we're getting the Clerks 3. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Yeah. So I, I actually like the quote that he had where he's just like, you think I all failed? Fine, I failed in the Clerks 3. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. That was a nice little... Um, all week yeah. in the headlines, like, it bugged me that they can't just say Kevin Smith is finally making Clerks 3, or he got the financing. Yeah, the, they always the, had to do the failure of Tusk to precede the headline. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The internet's full of haters. Like, we're, we're all haters. We were no. hating on things earlier. No, no, no. I like Tusk. I just think it's interestingly kind of funny how poorly it's doing. Yeah. I mean, it is a movie about a guy in a walrus suit. It should have been a midnight so. release like Human Centipede, like only midnight releases. Uh, maybe. I think he's talked about that. Like He's just like, it should have only been on two screens and then roadshowed accordingly. Yeah, I mean, he he should have done it the way that he did Red State, where he <laughs> toured it around. Because I, honestly, I think Red State is a, I mean, I had said on the show, I think it's a better movie, but I, I also think that it, it could have done better in theaters than a Man in a Walrus suit movie. Uh, whatever. It's a matter of opinion. But The Equalizer, I haven't seen, but it's by the director of Fury and Training yeah. Day. Yeah. So, um, cool. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. Seems like it's doing well. It's based on an old TV show, so that might be a little bit of a... Yeah, but so is Mission I don't, Impossible. I don't remember the show The Equalizer, though. <laughs> so, is, so is Mission Impossible. So. Yeah, that's true. I like the show Mission Impossible, though. Yeah, uh, I, and I like the movies. I, I like the fourth one. So, uh, cool. What are we doing next? Uh, I think we're going to do um, some comic book corner. Okay. What's up, nerds? It's the comics corner. Brad, you got anything? What have you read lately? Nothing. I've read nothing. Um, All right. All right. Um, Um, I've got a comic book. Okay, cool. Um, I went ahead and reread some stuff. Um, I I reread Man Without Fear, Daredevil Run. Um, Good book. Really really still holds up. Um, But the more I read Frank Miller, the more I hear Ryan in the back of my head telling me, like, you can tell it's Frank Miller's writing and whatnot. Yeah. Ever since we saw Sin City, and I've just started seeing the tropes of Frank Miller's writing where I'm like, yeah, this is clearly a Frank Miller story and whatnot, and like, yeah. I can just start telling things. But, like, I mean, because he did – I mean, I'm sure he has collaborative, like, input from other people, but you can tell, like, certain elements that were from The Dark Knight Returns or – in stuck in the Marvel universe for it, for the Marvel's sake. Yeah. Um, in Daredevil. Um, and then I, uh, I mean, and the artwork's great. It's Frank Miller artwork. The third issue to me with um, the third issue artwork where Elektra's um, falling down. Yeah. Um, and, the, and it's got a backward art of the Kingpin. I used to have that issue when I was, like, first collecting comics. I used to have it in this, like, nice little hardcover with, like, a raised lettering and raised picture. So it was cool seeing that uh, issue again in the back art because it had it was a thick, uh, hardbound copy that had like a bunch of uh, art galleries in the back. Cool. So I got to look at those again. That was pretty cool. Yeah, if you go back and listen to our uh, our original interview with George Jonti from a couple of years ago, uh, we discussed the fact that that George Jonti does the interiors for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. and we discussed the fact that that's the book that that sort of convinced him you could tell more interesting and more mature stories in comic books than than what he was used to. 
Um, or and, and that you could kill characters in comics and make it really interesting. Yeah, that's um, right. The death of Electra. Yeah. Of course, of course, he didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told him in the interview, like, hey, this book was really important to you. Why? And he was like, oh. <laughs> um, I get it now. I had read a lot of things about George Dante before going into that interview. So Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Well, that's my comic book. Cool. So go to Colorado Queens Cards and Comics and, and pick that up. Talk to Andrew. Tell him Marina Lord sent you and, and get some awesome comics down there. You can get uh, you can get the trades of the old Daredevil comics for 20% off. Um, plus, if he's got some of the old issues and stuff there, you get those for cheap. And you can open a slot and he will drop some comics in there at a discount for you as well. Anything new coming in, like just tell him what you like and, and he'll he'll throw it to the side for you. It so. can't be said enough. Andrew's got the hookups, son. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That man's got the mad shit notes. But anyway, yep. <laughs> I cool. why I said mad shit notes. Um, I don't either. It's weird. <laughs> why don't we talk about what we've been watching this week and forget my bad joke. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what have you watched this week? Uh, what have <laughs> I watched this week or past couple of weeks since I wasn't here? Are you continuing your 80s comedy marathon? A little bit. Um, but let's knock out the TV stuff cool. real quick. Um, I picked up South Park Season 17. Oh, my God. There's 17 seasons. A little disappointed that the packaging finally changed on it. Oh. So it's it's thinner because they only have two discs instead of three for this. I guess Son of a bitch. It went from 12 episodes to 10. Mm. Um, oh. And I'd say about six of them are really good. Um, Four of them, not so good? Four of them are just kind of like, uh, that's what I expected, or they're just kind of being silly for the sake of being silly, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Not the sharpest season mm-hmm. uh, of this of the series, but I mean... What episodes were in this one? Oh, uh, God. My, what what happened? Um, <laughs> when we last left South Park. Didn't think that hard on... Yeah. Uh, what did happen? If you don't remember, it's fine. I was just curious. Yeah, that's how re- memorable that season was, is <laughs> I've already forgotten most of it. Um, he, he watched it this morning. Well, I guess there was the, uh, uh, it was like the whole Lord of the Rings thing. Um, oh, yeah. There's three episodes at the end of the season where, um, I forget what they're trying the to do. The console wars? No, it's not no, the console wars. That was way back when. Yeah, yeah, that was a while ago. This one was, what was it? Well, I remember watching bits of it. Oh, my God. Remember that white noise we were talking about earlier? Michael Keaton's back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway. Um, there's one where... Oh, there's like a George Zimmerman uh, uh, commentary one. The George Zimmerman one, one mm-hmm. with uh, the World War Z parody. Yeah. <laughs> Which the World War Z parody is, yeah, pretty good. We gotta go. We gotta yeah. go. Um, then I also watched uh, com- Comic Book Men Season 2. Which I've been cool. Anxiously waiting for it to pop up on Netflix for season three or season now. two. Season two. Okay. Season three. Because season three just got on. Netflix. Oh, you're right. No, it's season three. Yeah. We're talking about. Yeah. Um, but they pulled season one off, which is I'm, I'm a little annoyed by because I'd like to go back and watch those again. Yeah, those are cool hour long episodes. I yeah. like the one where they go get the tattoos. Yeah. But uh, yeah, season three is fun. Um, really enjoying that. I've watched it actually twice because they're just easy to. They're good. They're good background noise while I'm working. I liked. Uh, did you like Ohura picking up her own doll? Yeah, but I was cringing when Walt didn't just let her have it. For yeah, free. that that was. Thank you, Brian. That's such a like weird like thing that they keep doing with Walt, which is just like to uphold his character and yeah. whatnot. 
Which if you listen to Tell Him Steve, Dave, like, yeah, it's it's honestly, he would do that. But yeah. at the same time, it's just it's so tacky. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, it was kind of funny. Like, you charged her? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then I just started watching The Walking Dead Season 3, mm-hmm. um, which I told you this in the early... So the thing is, there's a horde of zombies trying to knock down the fence. And they're constantly just, you know, poking through the fence to, like, poking with sticks to kill him. Yeah. But at the, at the point where they're finally breaking the fence down, and there's, you know, more and more of them every time they go out there. Like, why would you not just set them on fire? Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Let, like, let yeah. the forest be damned. It's, that's, it's, that's, that's the yeah. problem with most zombies. You save your animation. Why we set them on fire? Um, well, when they're... Uh, like one on one, it's a bit excessive. Like yeah, well yeah. Normally you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to waste your like gasoline and stuff. But if they're already about to like take over the the jail, yeah, they're basically uh, taking down all your walls. Like, yeah, it's critical point. Like that's when you use it's, you go into emergency mode. It's too bad. Like I I didn't finish that season to be completely honest, and and I guess I need to fit, catch up so that I can watch the new one because like the trailers for it look cool. But mm-hmm. the truth is that. The reason I don't like season three was that I didn't like what was happening in the jail. Like I don't, I don't mind anything of any of the stuff with the zombies or and like you know the stuff with the governor was kind of cool. But inside the jail, like they they don't they don't play on the the paranoia and the the sort of psychology of these people in this world uh, the way that I I wanted them to. Like in, yeah, in they, a, they've gone back to season two where they're just all in in an enclosed area talking about the. Uh, the situation yeah like yeah how doomed everything is again like we know what the stakes are okay right, move on exactly um and it's too bad because like in the comics there was like there was like a murder in the jail and this whole mystery and and even if it was a pretty short like at one point i mean this is spoilers for the comics but it's been a long time guys and i'm not being real specific but like at one point there's a uh a, a a couple like a young couple who decide that they don't want to live anymore and so they decide to like have a do a murder suicide pact and like one of them kills themselves and the other one can't bear to do it and like like that kind of shit like just this really dark shit that like little stories about what these people would be going through like that's what i really loved about the the walking dead comics i'm just i'm not getting it out of the show what i'm getting is a a very serialized like drama like every scene is like are you going out outside outside the jail you know it's dangerous right you shouldn't do that <laughs> over and over again, yeah. like that same conversation. So it's it's funny how that show's turning out the same way that most horror movies are, which is just like they do the same things over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> it almost is like it almost is like that show is getting its own bad horror sequels. Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, and then they go outside, and then they get attacked by another zombie. Like, yeah, it's the formula. Where did that guy come from? Yeah, it's over and over again. When you when you look at the familiarity in most shows. You don't tend to point it out, but when it's a horror show, suddenly everybody gets a little up in arms. Because the truth is, because um, <laughs> horror the first the first episode of that, that all the time. <laughs> no, the the first episode of that show is still one of the best pieces of zombie fiction I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely! Like that that episode is awesome and mm-hmm. so well made, um, and so it does kind of feel like it's. I, I don't want to be like, I want to come off as some like hater who's just like oh man that it's just gotten so big that i don't like it anymore no it's just not it's turning into not what i wanted um truth is i don't read the comics anymore either um so i don't know Mm -hmm. maybe i'm worn out um so that was all the tv i watched um then movie wise yes i found beverly hills cop 2 (laughs) on netflix (laughs) 
and it was more of the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally. Since you didn't more and of the by, same. I'm, and I'm by surprised that. you went in for a second helping. Well, I yeah. figured I'd give it a shot. Um, yeah. And, and, it's, it's, it's like a by-the-numbers 80 sequel. Like, everything's just the same, amped up. Yep. I was never a big fan of two or three. Well, three definitely, but I was never a big fan of two. I like the first one. A there lot. is a third one. Yeah, yeah. that's it's, the one everyone says is terrible. Yeah, so whenever, you, maybe that's why I've never seen it. Watch the third one, but watch it with the commentary with Scott Moser and Matt Mira. Yeah, but uh, I don't like the Feed. first two so that much either. So <laughs> I'm not like the way they try to. I can't remember. Was it Matt Mira's trying to convince Scott that it's good? But like you listen to Matt Mira explain it, and they're just like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, maybe. If if I was living in a different world, yeah. But, oh gosh, I mean, I'm glad you went through two. Two, yeah. I two mean, can it, be fun. Eddie Murphy's good at, at like um, improvising. Just yeah. not memorable. It's yeah, it's just not memorable. Yeah, and they think they're being edgy by having like a female villain in it. Um, right. But yeah, it's just another big time hot shot running some criminal enterprise, and Eddie Murphy just goes around to different situations and. Fast talks his way through everything, and um, and there's like one striking shot where the uh, police chief from the last movie, who's all buddy buddy now, because uh, Axel Foley's shown him not to be such a hard ass. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's doing this private investigation, and then uh, he he figures out like uh, he has to be all secretive, and then he goes out of the police station. On, and goes to his car, which is like parked on the side of the road, which I'm thinking the police chief probably has his own space <laughs> in the police station parking lot. But for the purposes of the chase scene that they're about to do, it just has to be parked on the side of the road. Right. Yeah, I, that's that's how not into the plot I was paying attention. Yeah, they were just like looking at the small details. Yeah. Yeah. Like movie maker mode. I was yeah watching the, how did this, does this, yeah, logistically does this make sense and stuff, yeah. That shit that should not be right there. <laughs> then on to the good stuff. So I missed last week because I saw Howard the Duck <laughs> in a Howard theater. Howard the Duck. You missed Box Trolls. I know. Howard I felt bad because I want to support traditional animation. have to figure out who really lost animation. In, this, in this realm, though, because Howard the Duck is fun. If, Howard the Duck is a fun movie. Unfortunately, the commentary wasn't so hot. <laughs> oh. They prepared pretty well with their musical cues, but there were long stretches where they had nothing to say. Um, and this is Mile this High Sci-Fi for those yeah. who don't know. Yeah, it's Mile High Sci-Fi. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, which I've been to other shows where they've done well, yeah. but this one was just uh, kind of the jokes didn't land for me. Um, but I enjoyed watching the movie again. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, but unfortunately, it was the third time in a row that I've been, I've had to move from my seat. In a theater. In an Alamo? Of, in the Alamo, yes. Did you complain? I did. I wrote on my paper, um, can I get a different seat? Because these two are, like, the one woman always had a comment to add to the movie. And it's like, when you're doing a commentary on a movie as the theme of the movie. It kind of invites it. Yeah, it's like, how can I really complain about that? Like, there's two other guys who are always talking through the movie. Yeah, but you came <laughs> to see them talk through the movie. Yeah. You didn't come to see her talk through the Like, it's not her show. Right. I was wrestling with it. Like, yeah. is it? Like, are, I guess we could say what we want, but not like... Was she funnier than them? She wasn't... She wasn't... <laughs> she wasn't talking to the whole audience. She was just audibleizing yeah. what she had enough that... 
I could hear it. <laughs> yeah, it was more like, this is stupid. Why would they do that? That yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, adding her own jokes, but like within earshot of just the people around her. Yeah. Not so much like, hey, I'm adding to what you guys are saying. That yeah. wasn't that was that. Right. It was just more like strange chuckles or, yeah, like a lame joke here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like chatting back and forth with. So I was like, uh. can I just get a different seat? So um, I moved up front and... Uh, yeah, and that leads me to the Skeleton Twins, which oh, I saw this week. Cool. Right on. Bill um, Hader and Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Um, I was interested to see, because I've been watching all those SNL episodes. I um, think they're really funny people. I want to see how they do drama. And um, the trailer was pretty uh, was interesting. enticing. Yeah. Um, so, and they uh, really, the story is, If I wish Ryan was here because... To me, it felt like it hit all those quirky indie, like indie oh. movie things that he always complains about. <laughs> uh, but the acting is superb. Like, yeah, it's and it's really you're watching Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader act for like the whole movie. There's no really scene without either, at least one of them in it. Um, and it's basically a story of these two damaged kids. Um, like you can kind of figure, they kind of let you know how the father died at the end. But you can kind of follow the breadcrumbs as the movie goes along. Um, they have a mother who's kind of who kind of abandoned them, and but she's once in a while comes back into their lives, but always treats it like nothing's a big deal. Uh, she's got this completely separate family too, and then uh, Bill Hader is um, is gay, and he recently got dumped by his boyfriend, and he tries to kill himself, and that's when. His Little Miss Sunshine? Hmm? Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, so his sister takes him back to, you know, invites him in. To, they haven't seen each other in like 10 years. Um, and you find out towards the end in a shocking way why. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's... in the part in the trailer where they're dancing around and uh, basically like karaokeing to Starship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, there, it's the extended sequence of that is probably the funniest part of the movie because they do the whole song. Um, yeah. So I haven't seen a trailer for this film yet. Oh, you so. haven't? Oh, no. yeah. It's good. It looks really cool. Yeah. But yeah, as you go along, you reveal it's real, like how, like why they're so damaged. Damaged. Yeah. I don't want to use that adjective again, but yeah, they yeah. have a lot of baggage and things. Um, and this whole skeleton twins, I thought it was like, uh, it might be a metaphor for what's going on, but uh, in the movie, I always thought it was like they had tattoos, <laughs> <laughs> matching tattoos to that. So, oh, okay, yeah, it's I, I guess in the end, it's really just about being there, b- being family, and being there for each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd go see it for the acting because I think the acting is really amazing. Uh, cool. Luke Wilson does a really good job as like this kind of clueless, happy-go-lucky husband, and um, Ty Burrell is um, this former lover of. Bill Hader from his past. Um, who else is in it? That's all I remember. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, and then the the whole thing is I got a nice cushy spot at the Esquire, and then another old couple came down and sat like a row in front of me, but just one to the left in a room full of like empty seats. Yeah. Um, and proceeded to chat. In the in the in like in com- comedy bits, they do this thing that you hear a lot of, just like who's he. What's going on? She was doing that uh, constantly. No. It's one of so my, I had to move again. It's one of my least favorite things. in the, Like, 
like people being a little bit chatty and like whispering to each other, like that can be annoying sometimes, but there's something that just really gets under my skin about like, it's not even just old people, but you hear it most with old people where you'll hear them whisper, who is that? Or like, what is that what Kristen Wiig? Yeah. Like that kind of shit. I'm just like, this is not... Is that Seth one? Myers? Watch the movie. It <laughs> right. will explain it for you. Exactly. If like, you just uh, hang in there. I remember that happening. They don't even get the right That names. immediate gratification <laughs> that these people need. Yeah. It's like, horrible. Uh, I, I remember being in Moneyball and, and hearing that like at, at a time when a character showed up for the first time and hearing somebody go like, who's that? We don't fucking know. Like, they just showed up. They have not been in the movie before. Like, just... Hold your horses. Yeah. Like, this is not your living room. I try really hard to train my parents not to be those old people. Um, because at home, in the living room, they can be those people. Um, Just because so, you're whispering doesn't mean it's not distracting. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And I'll explain the third one when we get to the end of the show. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Cool. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, well, James, what did you watch this week? Um, Not much. This week went by really fast for me. Um. So basically when I wasn't working, because uh, I'm going to Detroit on Sunday, so I've been prepping all week for that. So I was working a lot, and then when I was coming home, I basically didn't want to have to think much. So I pretty much just would come home, lie in bed, and watch The New Girl, which I talked about last Who's week. that girl? It's Jess. <laughs> uh, so for one thing, um, the intro to the show is fucking obnoxious, and the name of the show is really stupid. Um <laughs> But I keep watching the show because it is actually kind it's of fun. So well written. It's a, I don't I don't actually agree. Uh-huh. I just I just think it's fun. I don't think the show is smart at all. Like it's I don't cute. It's very cute. Yeah, like the the jokes can be clever and the characters are charismatic enough that like I enjoy my time with it. Mm-hmm. But when I compare it even to something like How I Met Your Mother, which How I Met Your Mother That's is a way smarter show. Yeah, it 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 really is. Um, you know, that show is not like I'm not saying that it's fucking Aaron Sorkin or some shit. I'm just saying like that show is trying to be something a little bit more transcendent whereas New Girl is literally just like we've got 30 minutes of, of jokes for you. You know, like you would put it in the same camp as a you know, everybody loves Raymond kind of a show or even more uh, to be fair to it, more like a Seinfeld where you don't really necessarily plan on taking anything away from it. Whereas How I Met Your Mother, that show, especially with the way that it ended, and fuck you guys who didn't like the ending, but... um, Sorry, that was harsh, but fuck you guys. Um, I'm just glad those kids got to go outside. I've especially seen it. Especially with the way that show ended, like, it was trying to say something. And it, it really did have a point to it where... New girl fucking doesn't have a point. He's like, trying to say something. He's trying to say fuck the fans. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. There are people who listen to the show who I know who are fans of New Girl. So yeah, care. no, 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 no. I'm saying New Girl just not 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 a smart show, but a fun, interesting show. I'm not that saying they're the smartest I like people watch. I know. But. <laughs> I'm just saying like I, I've enjoyed watching it. I'm like two, uh, one and a half. Uh, I'm well into season two. Um, and it, it's at least good enough that so what I do is I fall asleep while I watch it. So Netflix keeps running a little bit after I'm asleep, so I'll miss one or two episodes. But mm-hmm. it's good enough that the next night I go back and find the last episode I watched and go like, oh, okay, so that's the one I watched and watch the next one because I don't want to miss any. So right. that you know that's the best thing I can say is when I fall asleep during it, I go back the next day to make sure I didn't miss anything. There you go. I, you can put that on the box. So good you have to go back. Yeah. 
Zach, what have you been watching? What have I been watching this week? Um, I had a very slow week, um, but I managed to cram in some things. First thing I saw was FDR American Badass, and I've seen this movie a few times. Yeah. It's, I mean, for those who don't know, it's, how do I explain this movie? Have you seen it, Brad? Nope. Have you heard of it? I have seen the cover art on Digital Bits. Okay, yeah. You, so you you know by the cover what you're kind of getting into. It's a very low rent. I know from the title what I'm getting into. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very low rent, like, Z-grade movie. Um, but it was... I don't know if the trailer came first or if the movie came first, but it's from this guy that did a movie called um, Pool Boy Drowning Out the Fury. Um, and he's just, like, very... I think his name is Ross Patterson, and he's just very outward, uh, outwardly, like... Um, I think subversive. Like he, his stuff is very like edgy, but it's not edgy as if there's something that would be shocking. It's just shock for the sake of, sake of being shocked, like a John Waters movie kind of vibe. Mm. Um, so FDR American Badass is the incredible story of how, um, uh, God, um, what's his name? Who plays FDR? FDR. Barry Bostwick, who plays FDR. Um, uh, gets bitten by a werewolf, um, and all he cares about is whether or not his cock still works. Um, and when he finds out his cock still works, but he's got polio, and his and their way of polio is just showing that he's got shriveled up hot dog legs, and they just show them like rubbering around. <laughs> and he like he'll make jokes to Bruce McGill, who that's by the way Bruce McGill D Day from Animal House plays FDR's uh, faithful assistant Lewis, <laughs> who like like there's a point where. Um, the doctor who's helping FDR is walking down the hallway with Lewis, and he's like, there's something I need to show you. And he starts pulling out a key, and Lewis just puts a gun in his face and goes, do not ask me to grab your dick and guess the temperature. <laughs> no, motherfucker, I'm not playing hide the killer keys either. <laughs> just like weird shit, like the doctor pulls off a curtain off of a dead guy to reveal a squirrel jammed up some guy's ass, and Lewis just goes, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it... It, it's got like really funny jokes. Like the whole script is written in a way that is just funny because it's it's FDR saying fucked up shit. Like going like that was Wildrow Wilson for you. He just didn't give a fuck. He comes out with his dick resting over a hanger, shouting, "Does this look too unsuitable to bring into Congress?" Like stuff like that. It's just absolutely insane and stupid. But I've watched this film five times b- prior. And I still don't understand for the life of me why I keep watching this movie. I think it's to watch Barry Bostwick act insane. Like, huh. it's it's genuinely insane. Like the, And the, it's very low budget, very low rent. Like, there's a moment where he takes out a gun called Eleanor's Eulogy Maker. And it's literally just like, uh, it looks like it was typed on a label maker. Yeah. Um, like, so it's it's intentionally crappy. Like, the backgrounds and the, the, the amount of extras that they have, it's clearly done on a very low budget for an intentional purpose. But I was trying to figure out, like, where were they going to sell this movie? How much was this made for? And who... How did Barry Bostwick and Ray Wise and I guess I can understand why Kevin Sorbo was involved in it, but like some other people in him, I'm just like, how did they get involved in this? Like Lynn Shay, who's Robert Shea's, um, I think it's daughter, was um, was in the movie. She plays Eleanor Roosevelt. Robert Shaw? R- no, Ro- Lynn Shay, Robert Shea. Um, Rob Shea is the guy who runs at New Line Cinema or ran New Line, New Line Cinema. Oh, okay. Um, Lynn Shea has been in a bunch of horror films in the past. So to see her in this role as Eleanor Roosevelt, it was really funny. There's a scene where their son shits in a vase, like and like, that's that's the kind of movie you're getting into. It's just this wacky, insane movie where you don't expect to see people. 
that you you completely forgotten they've existed and then suddenly they pop up like Kevin Sorbo plays Abraham Lincoln in the movie it's bizarre um the only other thing i watched this week which was Roosevelt related which is that i finished the Roosevelt um Ken Burns documentary cool um I had no idea about the stuff that Eleanor Roosevelt had done beyond just being a very good politician and whatnot. To so just just to be reminded of some of that stuff, like some of the, a lot of the humanitarian efforts, like her Declaration of Human, what was it a Declaration of Human Rights that she helped establish with the UN? Just learning all that stuff was really interesting and fascinating to get to the bottom of. But I also love the actors that Ken Burns hires to read the diary entries because they all sound like. Very exaggerated characterizations. They don't like sound like they're trying to do an acting job at all. So every time you hear something from Teddy Roosevelt, it sounds like just hearing a comedy version of Teddy Roosevelt in your head. So then every time that uh, they were talking about FDR doing something, I would just yell out to the TV screen, "Eleanor, get my hat! <laughs> We're going out to save the war." <laughs> Just stuff like that, just just to entertain myself. So yeah, but um, yeah, Ken Burns is really good. I want him to do a documentary on Twitter next and see how that works out. Hmm. So, but um, be good. yeah, that's what I've been watching this week. Cool. Um, cool. Hey, before we proceed, <gasps> we have to roll back because there was some big news this week that I missed. <gasps> what was it? Um. Okay, what you're looking at is actually not the big news, but I'll start with that <laughs> one since you've already seen it. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, Tommy Wercola has dropped out of directing Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters 2. Son of a bitch. Um, potentially one of the best movies of last year. <laughs> um, just saying. Uh, which that's a shame because he's probably the only reason that fucking movie worked. And boy, howdy does that movie work. But uh, no, the real huge news is that they announced this week that The Hateful Eight is going to be shot in Colorado. Yep. Uh, which is really, really cool. Um not quite as good as it could be. Like, you know, we're Colorado's basically going to put all of the money that we offer to films into the Hateful Eight to make sure they shoot it here. Mm-hmm. Um, which, as has been said many times, and hopefully somebody in the government in Colorado fucking finally hears it, we should put more money in that shit. But still, um, really awesome. Hopefully it's a, a good step forward for Colorado and film in Colorado. Um, so can't wait for that. More Plus, importantly, it means dude, a Quentin Tarantino movie is being shot here. Yeah, exactly. And That's it means, so badass. And it means that that movie will look gorgeous because it's going to have some really cool locations in it. Yeah. Like, dude, think of the places you could shoot in Colorado. I think Colorado they're shooting up in Telluride. Awesome they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, and just, like, absolutely beautiful country. Um, and exactly where... Uh, I, I, I don't know anything about that movie. Nobody does, but... Every Western movie should be shot here because you can do all of them in this state. You can do like the weird, unforgiven ones that are out in the plains, out in the east, and you can do the cool mountainy, like let's eat each other Donner Party stuff up in the mountains. Like, this is the place to be. Yeah, you know? and then let me ask you the question that would come on people's minds how many Westerns are really coming out? That's, this the, is that's true. the problem. No, you're, you're that's, right. That's a problem. That's not the problem. Right, but, but they also filmed like Fast Five here. There, there were that's sequences true. of Fast or no Fast Six. I'm sorry, Fast Six. Um, yeah, Furious Six. Whatever the fuck Furious it's called. Um, and Seven. <laughs> yeah, but like if you look at the budget for and in the articles for for this announcement, they've talked about this. If you look at the amount of money that the Fast and Furious movie that they shot here was actually qualified for, and compare it to how much money that movie spent here, uh, the mo- like. They spent like twelve million dollars here, and we gave them seven hundred thousand, and that seven hundred thousand was a, f- a fraction of what 
potentially they could have earned in another state. Right. right? I'm, not, so like, I'm not downing it at all. I'm just yeah. like, there's a reason why like all those Westerns don't always come here is because there's very few being made. And then sometimes we lose out. Yeah. Like true grit was going to be shot here. Right. Um, not cool. Well, the, well, well, the, the original was shot, one was shot here. here. Yeah. But like the remake, they were going to shoot it here and then they just bowed out at the last. No, right. I don't know. If it well, was because the last other States or... offer a lot more money for this yeah. shit. We need to do um, it, but, and it's, it's a pretty easy math. Like you look at it and you go, oh, okay, if we put aside more money to give to movies and more money comes here for them to spend here, like it's, it's easy. Like, and of course we've been saying that it was easy for 15 years. Um, and nobody's ever done anything about it, but I mean, it's getting better, but it's still not good enough. So cool. Really good news. Yeah. Again, hopefully a sign of good things to come today. The hateful eight tomorrow, the hateful nine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. cool. This week we saw, Gone Girl, David Fincher's latest opus of crime slash drama slash eerie music. Should <laughs> Brad, should people go see Gone Girl? Before I answer that question, I would like to issue a statement to the elderly couple to my right. <laughs> um, you are both a bunch of cocks. Oh, shit. <laughs> and sir, your wife is an even bigger cock. Oh, Ooh. shit. Or not only was it bad enough that they were a little chatty and really loud about eating their popcorn, but they also smuggled outside food into their screening, and she had microwave popcorn that she left the bag behind for the theater to clean up. So, fuck yeah. you, bitch. Because, like, we smuggled some food in, but we threw our trash away when we left. Yes. So, so rude. So oh, rude. man. Of those two. Yeah. Like, and we were quiet. Yeah, I mean... Which is the worst part. We were laughing in appropriate places. And I looked it over and I saw that you weren't there. And I'm like, did he really leave? And oh, yeah. oh, no, like, I knew. Yeah. <laughs> I knew as soon as, like... Because the, they, they came in, which, okay, we got there early and got seats in the front in the section we like. Cause, okay, we have to pre- preface this with... We had to go to a plebeian AMC theater <laughs> because the Alamo was sold out. You um, kept calling it that the whole night. The plebeian place. Yeah, like I had to go to this fucking... The barren wasteland where the hey, normies hey, man, go. That theater's by my house. <laughs> Be nice. Hey, hey, I grew up on that theater. That theater was my favorite yeah. th- theater growing up. It was really cool. Still one of my favorite um, theaters to go to. Although, well, no, today's dude, experience was downhill. The best. Like all that shit they do beforehand with like the bouncing red balls is obnoxious. They make going to a theater feel like getting on an airplane, and not in the like <laughs> we're going to a fun destination. Like getting on an airplane, going to Nebraska. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like oh, cool. Like uh, somebody's gonna tell me how to buckle my fucking seatbelt. Like that's what going to a movie theater feels like there. there. Mm. Um, and then you've got like just the exorbitant like. The, you could spend more money there on shittier food than the Alamo. Like it's just horrible. Yeah, not, yeah. I don't want to just harken on, but yeah. Then you, so we we get there early, and and but Brad hasn't gotten there yet, and the lady comes over, and at first she wanted to sit right fucking next to you, Zach. Yeah. And she walked up and she was like, "Are these seats taken? Can we take these seats?" And I was like, "Well, we've got one more piece." Because you know coming, me, so. I attract that old poontang. So like, I would <laughs> expect normal human beings would <laughs> would be like, oh, so they're using this one, so we'll go down two and take two seats. So that way there's a space. Because that space is nice. In a normal theater, that space is a little bit nice to just make sure that everybody gets their room, everybody gets to enjoy the movie the way they want to, and also if you're a fucking chatty Kathy, you're at least a little bit farther away from everybody. Um, but of course she didn't. 
they like sat down right there and I was like, fuck. And as soon as that happened, I told Zach, I was like, Brad's not going to sit here. <laughs> like Brad's, Brad's going to go sit up front. You called it. Like, like I didn't believe you, but you called I, it. Well, but at least Brad, you tried. You made an effort. You made a valiant like, effort. Yeah. You, I, you, you, for a while there, you wouldn't have ever sat with us. I would have sat next to you had the one seat and I had like gooey shit on it. Right. Because nobody fucking cleans the theater because, because well, and because the people who go to the theater fucking take shits in the seats and I leave them behind. I seats with you. Like, I do want to be clear. We did try to rectify this well, situation. Yeah. No, it's not our fault that these people were horrible. I don't think it would have made much true. of a difference in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Because the people on my left talked every now and then as well. Like that's the thing. Like the fucking shit kickers go to the normal theaters and talk all the way through. Fucking behave, right? Like you're in public. It's a lost art, man. So that's anyway, your review of Gone Girl. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's my statement. Yeah, they, they're a couple of cops. So those people, sh- those people shouldn't go see any movies. Especially but just the bringing the outside food in and then, and then leaving and then it leaving for it. someone yeah. else to and pick just, up. I'll just throw this on the floor. Yeah. yeah. Like, I couldn't be bothered to buy your popcorn. I yeah. had to, which I think, because they weren't, they were there before I got there, and then they yeah. weren't there when I did get there. So right. I assume they went home to pop the popcorn and come <laughs> back with it. They probably walked up to the front of the line and were like, I, I brought in this popcorn. Could you throw this in your deep fryer for two minutes? Uh, anyway, so yeah, after I finally chose new seats, I got sucked into the movie and it was really impressive at the turning point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. leading up to it. I was like, okay, another procedural, mm-hmm. I see where this is going. And then it switches and I was, it was awesome from then on out. Yeah. Yeah. James, should people go see Gone Girl? Um, so I, I think this movie is pretty awesome and i do think people should see it I, i've got some issues with it i don't think the script is is always great um there are just some things that really rode me the wrong way um but yeah i think it's i think it's really good i think it's really good not my favorite fincher um not my favorite score from uh atticus russ and 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 um trent reznor but uh but still definitely worth checking out um it's interesting. And I, yeah, the, the twist is the reason to see this movie, um, which is unfortunate for some of the other things that suffer because of that. Um, I, I'm in agreement with you on only one thing. This isn't my favorite Fincher movie. Um, <laughs> but then again, I have a very specific favorite Fincher movie. Yeah. Um, this film was uh, better than I expected, given the fact that the trailer for it seemed very procedural, as Brad said earlier. Yeah. Um, but I thought this film was perfectly cast. I thought that the the script was dynamite because it handles its reveal very well, and it, it doesn't it doesn't beat me over the head with it. It brings it in. It brings it to light. It like just because they reveal what the twist is doesn't mean they don't they don't explain the full psychology of that character. They let us develop. Uh, an opinion about it over time. I agree. Um, I thought that this was the best Ben Affleck performance since Hollywood land. Um, I thought he was very good. Very, um, he was in the right emotional place for this content and for this story. That's not to say he wasn't good in Argo or anything like that, but and this he, was clearly a step up from <clears throat> what he had like, uh, from directing himself, I think. And he handles the character and the mystery really well. Exactly. And I actually thought that this was one of the most interesting Atticus, Atticus, um, Atticus Ross and uh, Trent Reznor scores because it was for such a the the, the the idea seems so simple and yet 
it becomes so much more complicated halfway through. So I like the way it kind of mis the score misleads you a little bit because there's this overwhelming sense of paranoia throughout the entire movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is very ambient, mm-hmm. um, which I think is why I just don't click with it. Like I, I don't think it's bad. I think it's effective. Mm-hmm. I just don't love it. Right. Yeah. Here's the trailer for Gone Girl. Nick Dunn, you're probably the most hated man in America right now. Did you kill your wife, Nick? Everyone told us and told us marriage is hard work. Not for me and Nick. As you all know, my wife, Amy Elliott Dunn, disappeared three days ago. I had nothing to do with the disappearance of my wife. I have nothing to hide. Sammy got friends we can talk to? No, not really. You don't know if she has friends, you don't know what she does all day, and you don't know your wife's blood type. He's being a good guy, so everybody can see him being a good guy. Well, you really don't like him, do you? All I'm trying to do is be nice to the people who are volunteering to help find Amy. I will practice believing my husband loves me, but I could be wrong. You ever seen that guy in the glasses before? Amy is the kind of girl who attracts admirers. Whoever took her is bound to bring her back. I'm hoping you can tell me what this means. You want to solve Amy's treasure hunt? You seen this girl around here? Yeah, I remember her. I know you. I saw you at the volunteer center. I wanted to help. What'd she want? She wanted a gun. We are all scared, but we are all here now. I feel like something to be jettisoned if necessary. I feel like I could disappear. The hallmark of a sociopath is a lack of empathy. Amy lost a lot of blood in there, then somebody mopped it up. Why do they mop up the blood if they're trying to stage a crime scene? Whatever they found, I think it's safe to assume that it's very bad. I finally realized I am frightened of my own husband. I would draw you, as if you're doing a deposition, what to say, what not to say. A trained monkey? A trained monkey who doesn't get lethal injections. She's going to eat you alive. You assaulted her? It's not good enough for you? I hit her? It's not even close! Absolutely not. I never touched her. We now believe Nick is involved in the disappearance of our daughter. Without a body, without a murder weapon, their only hope is a confession. You don't know anything yet? You need to tell me. How was your marriage, Nick? Are you asking me if I killed my wife? Man of my dreams. This man of mine may kill me. What about my son? Nick! This man may kill me. In her own words, this man may truly kill me. You ever hear the expression, the simplest answer is often the correct one? Actually... I've never found that to be true. So I want to be clear that it's not its not the beats of the script that I don't like. It's the dialogue of the script I don't like. Um, I can agree. Like the first half of that movie, the way the people talk, and, and I don't want to blame Fincher, but I honestly think that it might be in his court a little as well. Uh, like some of those flashback sequences with the two of them, just it it feels to me like two hollywood actors delivering dialogue from like a from a script like it it, for some reason those scenes to me the chemistry wasn't there for you it's not even just chemistry it's just the way it's written feels very forced i feel like Um, it's deliberate because i was sitting there and by the way this is spoiler terror. I can't talk yeah, about yeah, the movie. Yeah. Oh, I don't no, talk no, about no, the no, twist no. anymore. Yeah, yeah. So the thing, let's get this, uh, just in case we, we didn't make it clear, we're going to get into spoilers now that the trailer has show, has rolled. This, this is spoiled. a movie that if you are interested in, 
and we told you to see it, you need to s- just turn this off because everything we're going to effect. talk about is going to have to do with the the, the, the spoilers of this movie. So, mm. fair warning. Okay, Brad. So when I started watching it, after I was able to, that was <laughs> sorry. I just hurt myself. <laughs> Um, I thought you totally took a mouthful of Fincher microphone. Fincher doesn't want you to talk oh, about no, the ending. No, That's why he's no. hurting you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so once I was finally dialed into the story and not distracted, I yeah. started feeling like I was watching the game again. <laughs> I started sitting there going like, wouldn't it be cool if she wasn't dead and she was totally playing Ben Affleck? Yeah. Because I'm too convinced that Ben Affleck did this right now. Right. Um, right. I was in, I was so in the I was feeling place. like those flashbacks were misdirection to make me uneasy to start thinking that way. Like, this seems odd that these are so oddly written and so, yeah. um, like, the relationship is too beautifully constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, like, someone's just kind of dreaming of a story. Yeah. And also, one, it, he was a writer, right? Yeah. Like, right. was his occupation. So was, yeah, it, it reads like... I feel like someone in this story is writing this story. Yeah, it reads... Yeah. And and if if you're right, that's a genius. Um, I don't know that it works for me, but, like, it... I, I think that your argument is very sound because the... Uh, obviously, because that's how you felt, but... Because um, it does... I feel like those parts of the movie read like a uh, a Nicholas Sparks script yeah. at times, right? Oh, like very much so. They're just really, but but the thing is that I feel like the parts in the present felt that way for me too. Oh. Like there were sequences there that I was also kind of like, ah, like this just feels kind of forced. This um, film felt in a weird way like it was making fun of those elements, though. Like I told be. you in the car, this film feels like a satire. Oh, it totally is. Not just Fincher movies, but also just the media. Once you get into what this movie really is, this movie is absolutely damning of the media. Oh, Um, In a very, a more dramatic network kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, and, and I have to think of it that way because I also think that some of the, some of the plot here to me is a little bit too far fetched. Like, a, like the idea that he ends up in this trap to me is a little bit forced, but I have to look at it from sort of that network satire point of view where they're actually working me to a place where the world is so dark and horrible and, th- and where the media is such a fucking horrible thing that should basically not exist um, that is, like, doing a disservice to all of humanity. Um, and that's... Uh, which pretty is pretty true. It's pretty tr- <laughs> no, it, it totally is. But like, but the the idea that this character would uh, give into that the way that he does, um, because that the way the, end, the 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 way the movie ends and where it ends that character is like, I don't know. She she gets away with some things that I oh, feel yeah. like would never be po- like po- actually possible in the real world, you know. Um, because he ha- he really does have outs. Like he shouldn't be stuck where he is. Um, but they write the movie in such a way that it makes you feel like you know. Yeah, just because you can't see. Like I'm sure if you rewatch this movie, you'd see all the places where he could have gone a different direction. But right at, from a first viewing, that film it creates the illusion of being airtight. Like as far as as far as like Same. solid writing. I don't think it does because there are things like this is this is a script that that bothered me enough from time to time that I man I never noticed this this is not a thing I ever noticed in movies but I noticed it this time 
Um, so when Tyler Perry shows up and Ben Affleck opens the, w- opens the door and he's like, you know, Elvis has, has landed in Missouri or whatever it is, however he says yeah, it. Yeah, those, were, and then those later, lines were really... And then later, his sister says it. Well, his sister wasn't in that fucking scene. So why is she calling back to a line? Like, that kind of shit, I never noticed that in movies, and I noticed it in this one. Yeah, I And I don't know if that was me getting kind of nitpicky because... Or not even nitpicky, but because of the the kind of story that it's telling, and you're trying to solve this maybe, mystery. That maybe I was that's on his billboard stuff. somewhere. That's his catchphrase. Yeah, in his commercials. Know. Maybe, there, that, know. that movie was long enough that there's got to be a longer cut somewhere. Maybe like, that was another thing for me. Like one of the things that I I love the fact that Zodiac was super long because oh. it covered a, an entire portion of history. Yeah, this film felt unnecessarily long. That's my that's my Fincher. Yeah, that's um, my Fincher too. But still, this like it's it's. Uh, there was a point where I thought you could have shaved certain sections of the film off. Oh, I agree. Just to, just to make it more tight. Like, the movie was two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the part taken 20 out easily. When the police finally started accusing Ben Affleck of murdering his wife, I was like, God damn, this movie's almost over. I know. I was like, <laughs> seriously. You wrap know, that up pretty quick. It's taken you so long to get to that part. Yeah. But yeah. the reason... I, but I, it makes I, sense because it's a char- it's a character study. So well, it makes perfect sense why he would draw draw it out like that and why the script is drawn out like well, that. Well, and the the beat makes sense there because they don't do that until after we know he didn't. Right. Right? Like it, it's actually really well structured. Um it, you know, it's just that there are a lot of there are a lot of those elements to it. You know, the 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 section that's interesting to me is the section where but it's it's also in there for a reason. Is the section where she's like at the trailer park with those people, um, and it, if in retrospect you look at it and go like that seems like it's just a bunny trail that doesn't really mean much. But the truth is, or or is only there to get her to Neil Patrick Harris's character. But the truth is that's there because at that point in the movie you're supposed to feel like Ben Affleck is helpless and that she's winning, right? Like this plan is is brilliant. Yeah, and then of course Ben Affleck can't do it on his own. Like, yeah. Top her, she's way too smart. Right. Mm-hmm. So something then, else that she has a plan for has to happen. Yeah. Um, but then what you realize is actually she's really a sociopath, and that she has no any idea situ- she's she doing. really isn't the mastermind that we think she is. Like she is because she did all this crazy shit. But at the same time, she's like, just as unorganized as somebody who doesn't know what they want. Right. Like when we see her actually have to do like pull one of those off, we realize she's just winging it the whole time. Yeah. Um, which almost makes it seem like. She must have been so fucking bored for those first four years of their marriage because why was she, who was she screwing over during that time? Because once that character flips, like that character is a maniac, you know? She spits in that woman's drink, like, like she's almost uncontrollably vicious. It's it's almost bizarre. It's um, one of the best performances of the year for me. Yeah. Like I think Rosamund Pike deserves a nomination for yeah. that role. That uh, I would that, agree. That role is just that. It's it's like uh, did you ever see the Bad Seed? No, I've never. It's seen like seeing the little kid from the Bad Seed all grown up. It's <laughs> really, really. Oh, she's like, really good. It, oh God! And there's like um, there's this. Because she never chews scenery. Like, no, she never always does. She's very subdued. It's very restrained. I thought Ben Affleck's performance was a lot more like it was a little more um, dramatic, overly dramatic. But I think it was done in the right way. Yeah, like that's the thing. I thought this film was perfectly cast. Like even down to Tyler Perry. I 
I like Tyler Perry in terms of like, I, yeah, he's he's competent enough as an actor, but I didn't know how funny he could be unless you give him the right role, apparently. And yeah. this role was really good for him. And I like Neil Patrick Harris. Like, there's a scene where he's showing uh, Rosamund Pike's his character. Butt? Yeah, this is his butt. Um, uh, Neil Patrick Harris shows um, uh, Amy, the character Amy, around the house, and it's just kind of funny. It's just, it's, it's just, just. It's throwaway, and it's but it's just also like I could see why you'd put Neil Patrick Harris in that role, or I could see why you'd put Tyler Perry in this role. Like you're just putting him in roles that fit for them. And David Fincher is really good about casting people you wouldn't expect, um, like uh, Justin Timberlake in The Social Network, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so to watch him kind of work uh, with these two actors was interesting. The the uh, naked supermodel person who's in this one is the 21 year old. Yeah, um, I don't remember her name. Um, uh, Carrie Coon plays Margot, his sister. She's great. She is excellent. Uh, she she plays Nora in The Leftovers, and I was really glad to see her pop up here because, especially in that first half where she has to be very paranoid about her brother, like she pulled that off mm-hmm. really well. Um, and then the the relationship that they get to build because of that sequence is is actually really cool. That makes their her last scene in the movie even more tragic. And yeah, more disturbing. Like this oh, movie. Yeah. The movie's final moments are so fucking disturbing. Like that's yeah. what the trap feels like. That it never felt like a trap in the middle of the movie, but once when she like we're just gonna go off and blow the lid on this. When she kills Neil Patrick Harris's character and she comes back up to the steps of Ben Affleck's house, and you start seeing the un- not the unraveling of their marriage, but actually the refoundation of their marriage. Yeah, it's so disturbing and so unsettling. And yeah. like, and that scene where Ben Affleck is talking to his sister seems like the only time where he feels like free from this. It's now a mental prison. Yeah, he's she. He's been put into a mental prison, and it was fucking like just. It, it was not hard to watch because nothing really intense is going on beyond like the shouting. Yeah, but damn it's just unsettling to think about but, ho- it's, but it's neil patrick harris's kid why why was he so invested in it is it i don't know oh no 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 it no. have to be right no 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 no. he he uh he jerked off into a freezer bank somewhere and she faked that that stuff got destroyed and then impregnated herself with it shit like that is why i don't like the script hmm. like that part of the trap is why i don't like the script right yeah because well, you know that yeah um the idea there is that she had his semen somewhere, and the whole time. Yep, <laughs> I had your. Semen I had the your whole cum time. this whole time. Yeah, like Mr. those Bat are the Fleck. kinds of things <laughs> where, like, or you know, on the same video where she's supposedly getting raped, there's also video of her walking in with Neil Patrick Harris and being in that house. Like, did she completely avoid the cameras while while she was there? Other than when she walked into the house, on the like, there's just. There are things that feel to me very convenient. There was a shot where she looked at the cameras. I know. I know, be, but she didn't clear. know they were there until she was in. So once she was in the house, yeah, but she didn't know they were there until she was in the house. Right. Um, and can she, like... He, I think the police officer started to bring stuff like that up, and then people just, like, right. started to ignore it because... Yeah, the whole point was that nobody was listening to reason. Everybody was just listening to a story. Right, the okay. The story, yeah. That's, that's, that's fine, but... Um, 
we also, on the other hand, have a movie like Zodiac where you have a guy who's a cartoonist who knows the story he's, he's, or, or is so obsessed with the story in front of him that he has to find out the truth. Mm-hmm. That over here we have this cop who basically finds out like, oh, this is all cr- fucking insane and this woman's a sociopath and this guy is being done completely wrong. And she says, well, the FBI went home, so I'm done. What? Like, I just, it, it. It's unfortunate because well, I, I think she think was done because she was ordered to be done. Yeah, she so was she ordered to be done. Like that. What human being is this? Like she is this really like you've it's built up this really into no. It you've built this really intelligent cop, like who who we're supposed to really like, and then she basically in a line of dialogue disappears from the story. Like I understand that you're building towards this really. You're building towards both this damnation of what the media has become and what it's doing, and this this cool, flashy ending, which you, you know I'm a sucker for the screen goes black and what's going to happen next endings. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is not one of my favorites uh, because it, it feels to me very contrived in those last, like, ten minutes. Because uh, I... I think you could have done something cooler where you put him in a position where maybe he decides to kill his wife and then you leave it. Like, cause as far as I'm concerned, the screen goes black and then he grabs her skull and breaks it against something. And who gives a fuck if he goes to jail? Like that woman is the devil and whatever she gives birth to should be killed as well. Like she's fucking insane. Okay. I'm going to take back the killing the baby part, (laughs) but like, she should die, and then the baby should like get given to the state or something, so it gets raised by normies. Because this woman is unsafe, and a- anything she gets to raise is also unsafe. Your obsession um, with normies tonight is like unparalleled. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, like Brad, in, in my normies? mind, that's what. <laughs> but the movie doesn't no, really give you that. You know, the movie doesn't end on a is he gonna fucking stab her with a knife? Um, I didn't think it would end that way. Like he yeah. he makes it. I, I thought he made himself perfectly clear when he's talking to his sister. He he not he doesn't damn himself to his own living hell, but like he it, it's wait till a, the wait till that's then that's what should have happened is it should have been like a delivery ending, right? Like like they're in the they're in the they're in the hospital and she's giving birth and she gives birth and he he takes out a knife and stabs her in the fucking throat. Ooh. And then you're just like, oh, my God, and then just cut the th- th- credits. Like, that would have been great. Like, that's what I wanted. That would have um, been. They, there was no way that movie would have been like, yeah. sold to any company. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, oh, wait. Asylum? Oh, yeah. Delivery came out on, on, on Blu-ray this last week as well. We missed that one. I was at um, uh, Walmart the other night. Delivery, The Battery, and Willow Creek are all on DVD. Holy shit. On the same shelf. Oh, nice. my God. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. All of which we saw at the Telliot Horror Show. Yeah, but I want Blu-rays, so fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't go to Walmart. It's hard to find like good Blu-rays. Yeah, it was an act of desperation. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I I like it. I just I have a hard time with the last ten minutes or so. I'll I mean I'll wrap up what I want to say about it. To me, it's I mean it's Venture's really good to me at making uh, taking taking the very lurid. And making he's the closest thing to me that a, that we have to a noir director anymore, um, because noir is not just a look; it's also a feel and an other attitude. Than, other than Ryan Johnson's brick, yeah, that's true. We're that, um, but Fincher's like the closest yeah. that we have to like a real noir director who I, like, I know what you're saying who yeah. can elevate what seems like 
uh, lifeless material. Like, if you had sold Gone Girl to me as something directed by somebody else, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have taken it seriously, but right. it's clear that this is taken seriously, and the dark turns that it does take, and the very violent and very gr- Girl with the Dragon Tattoo-esque scene where Neil Patrick Harris dies, um, it can only be handled by somebody like Fincher. So I applaud him for taking a story like this and elevating it beyond and above what it could have been. And I give all the props in the world to Ben Affleck, who I've said before in the past is a great actor, and this just shows how good he can be. Um, but I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of people on the Internet going like, oh, it still wasn't good. It's like, oh, fuck those people. They They don't like... If they don't like Ben Affleck as Batman, they don't have to go. Like they think that's the only reason that they would give him shit. I just don't like Ben Affleck because he knocked up Jennifer Garner and got Alias canceled. But whatever. <laughs> oh, whatever. He's sometimes, a good actor and so, a good director. Sometimes things need to end. Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Not like that, man. <laughs> Not like that. Not like that. Cool. Cool. Next week we are next week. The judge. The judge. Which I think should see the return of one Ryan Frost to the podcast. Guess what, Zach? You're fired. Oh! You but bitch. in all seriousness, Zach, thank you so much. Yeah. For for sticking with us for these last uh, four or five weeks, however long it's been. Is this um, going to be the return it of Ryan? It feels or? like it's been a, in a eternity. Yeah, it's, it feels like... It's a Robert Downey Jr. movie. I'm yeah. pretty sure he'll fucking be here for it. No, I know. He'll be back. <laughs> yeah. But like, is yeah. he coming back for the weeks after? I don't know. We'll, we'll find, find out. out. I enjoy. I wanted to say I've enjoyed doing this for the past couple of weeks, and to be fun. able to make this a part of my Friday and Saturday night routine, depending on what days we go. <laughs> Sorry, it's just amazing to watch the podcast grow and to do it week by week, and seeing how you guys, you know, do it every week. And I think that that's been a real treat for me. And uh, Thank you. I mean, we got to review like what was what has become one of my favorite movies of the year, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, the box trolls. Yeah, the, the box trolls. Exactly. Yeah, yeah the box trolls. Yeah. It's a great movie. Um, but uh. So, so, you know, thank you guys for having me come on board for this. And I can't wait to see Ryan again and, you know, match up my hosting qualities to his hosting qualities. And then we can have that ultimate <laughs> battle that I've been talking about uh, in my yep. head yep. <laughs> to myself. It's been, alone it's been good. In my boxers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> now it's not good anymore. No, it's not it's good anymore. being good. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's a scary remember, thought. Remember for what happened last man. time you made too many dick jokes? Yeah, that's true. You cut me off. <laughs> cool. Uh, cool. All right. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.